Good morning, Sower Nation. It is Friday, September the 1st, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today, on the first day of a new month, with consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is called The Big Deals of Our Small Lives and the Calling to the Bigger Story. Our text is Acts chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. Hear now the word of the Lord. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Most of us are so caught up in the whirlwind of our own lives, we spend very little time thinking about the larger story, which overarches, undergirds, and surrounds our little stories. Whether we struggle to stay out of poverty or to manage our prosperity, we are primarily concerned with what we consider to be the big deals of our own little lives. In fact, many of us have reduced the Christian faith to be a support story or a helpful resource to help us work out the big deals of our little lives. This is not the agenda of Acts. We are three chapters deep into the story, and most of the energy has been spent trying to awaken us to the big story and to help us understand the primary plot line of the world and our place in it. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago 
through his holy prophets. The major miracles of Great Awakening have happened. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Now we only wait for his return. We are living in the age of the outpoured Holy Spirit, the epic era of the redemption of Jesus Christ. We are headed toward the time when God will restore everything. Sometimes I can get discouraged because it has been so long. Shouldn't things have wrapped up by now? After all, it has been 2,000 years since Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. Then I read this and regain some perspective. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. As Peter reaches all the way forward to the end of the age, he reaches all the way back to Abraham and the prophets, as though to remind us our story is not measured by decades and centuries, but by millennia. This is an ancient story, and it is every bit as alive and active today as it was the day it began. The question is, have we aligned our lives with this grand story, or are we continuing to use it to prop up our own little stories? Remember, chapter 3 began with the miraculous intervention of Jesus by the Holy Spirit through Peter and John. As the chapter ends, Peter is squarely calling us to repent to realign our lives with the big story of God now unfolding into its last epic era. Later, when Peter writes his letters, he puts time into perspective. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. The call to action then and now is repent. It was the first message of Jesus. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel, Mark 1.15. To repent means to wake up. It is way beyond a call to stop sinning and behave. To repent means to realign our lives with the movement of God in our time for all time. Sin is not the problem. Sin has been defeated. Sin is the distraction. The problem is we have lost our story. This is why we sin. We have forgotten who we are and to whom we belong. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians 5.14
the prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your awakening and release my slumbering. I receive your big story and release my little story. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration that our lives might become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And the question today, do you consider that your life and times are aligned with the unfolding story of the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you still primarily concerned with your own story and that of your own family and how all that is working out or not? What might repentance mean for you? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. It's a lofty one. It's hymn number 22 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. These, these early songs are just straight up praise and worship to God in this hymnal. Four verses. We'll sing it up tempo. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet your tribute bring. Ransom healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. Praise him for his grace and favor to our fathers in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in his faithfulness. Father, like he tends and spares us, well our feeble frame he knows. In his hands he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia, 
widely yet his mercy flows. Angels in the height adore him, you behold him face to face. Saints triumphant bow before him, gathered in from every race. Alleluia, alleluia, praise with us the God of grace. Amen. You know, as I was singing that this morning, I just made me kind of long for the organ. I just remembered Albin Whitworth. Albin Whitworth, the, the great, one of the greatest, if not the greatest organist I've ever been around. He um, lives in Lexington, Kentucky, or maybe lives in Louisville now, but he played the organ. He's played it all over the world, but he played it at Asbury Seminary for many years. And all the years I was dean of chapel, he was the organist. And my gosh, you all know what it's like to be with an organist that when they play, you feel like the organ, the whole house is lifting off of the ground. And uh, he he pulls out every stop and plays every note. But there's just something about the organ that we reach for when we want to make the most joyful, jubilant, triumphant noise unto the Lord we can possibly make. You know, Julie Tennant, the, one of the primary editors, she and Jonathan Powers of this great hymnal, she is a fabulous organist. <laughs> and just can, and uh, there's just nothing like the organ. I just found myself wanting, maybe remember Kate Stimson from my Growing up years in the little First Methodist Church of Dumas, Arkansas. And then, of course, many years, Maydean Wesser played that organ. And now our organist is Rosella in my little church here in Gillette. And then, of course, Miss Thelma plays the piano. She primarily leads our worship. Miss Rosella plays on Communion Sundays. Anyway, I'm so thankful for this this tradition that I have of growing up with the hymns, with the organ, and I'm, I'm gr- I grieve that my children did not grow up in that kind of church, in that kind of way. They've certainly been in those churches, but these hymns, you know, it's not like the new songs that we all sing so often. Uh, here on the radio, the, the contemporary worship—they're great, but guess what? They don't—they re- don't replace the hymns. They supplement, they complement, but my goodness, they can never replace these hymns. We've got to find a way to press these forward into the emerging generations. Part of why I sing every day. I know there's kids out there listening, and there's parents driving their kids to school, and they're hearing my wacky voice out here trying to sing. And you know, I'm not a proud singer. I'm at best a humble worshiper. Um, and uh, 
it's a privilege to get to sing with you. I'm not singing to you. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm singing with you. And I can even hear some of you out there harmonizing and going for those high notes. And I can hear some of you who can't sing, can't hold the tune in a bucket, but you're going for it anyway because it's about making a joyful noise. So thanks for singing on this Friday. A lot of Fridays we just do choruses, but my goodness, I thought today, let's do Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. I haven't sang that one in a while. Well, that's enough musing this morning about the music. It's time to get moving. And uh, the beautiful thing about a song is you can take it out on the road with you, and it'll kind of catch in your mind. You'll sing it all day. Get your seats together. It's Friday. People will be in a good mood today. They might be more receptive than usual. Maybe even a conversation about Jesus, about some way that he has been talking to you, blessing you, encouraging you, healing, transforming. Could be in order to maybe share that. Just be, be ready, you know? Don't force it. Be ready and responsive. You never know the difference that can make. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.